My brothers and sisters in Christ, Gregory, Gary, Garrett, Jeffrey, spouses, grandchildren, brothers and sisters, dearly beloved, grace, mercy, and peace are yours in Christ Jesus, your Lord. Amen. Our Lord Jesus has kept all of his Advent promises for Beth. He came to her to make her his own in holy baptism. After being born at home amid a snowstorm, I understand, Jesus gave her new life again at home through the water and the word. Jesus came and stayed with her daily in his word, just as he promised. Jesus came and nurtured and sustained Bev's trust by feeding her with his body and blood. And now Jesus has given Bev a holy death, and we will lay her to rest in the hopeful expectation of the resurrection and new life when he comes again on the last day. Our Lord Jesus has kept his Advent promises for Beth. I know that the promise of the resurrection of the body was of particular comfort for Beth. For more than 25 years, Bev has struggled with MS, acutely suffering, suffering its debilitating effects that disease that gives a slow decline to the body often. So the body that the Lord gave her, born in the snowstorm and reborn by holy baptism, was slowly decaying under the weight of, well, sin's effect in particular for her. It was a little easier as her beloved Ron was by her side as a caregiver. But it's been a challenging daily struggle for at least the last five years. She suffered, but not despairing, but trusting the good work that God had begun in her would reach its completion in the Lord's day. The Lord may not have removed the death sentence of MS, but he daily promised the life sentence of resurrection, as she confessed with me and with you, I believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Her hope was always that the new life given to her in baptism by promise would be realized fully on the day of the resurrection. But it's not just Bev's body that was held captive to disease that led to death. St. Paul says that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the, which, excuse me, with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Listen to this. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. I think those words from Paul, in particular, the subjection to futility and the groaning of the whole creation is something that many in this parish know better than those I served, served in suburban Indiana or especially urban Chicago. Groaning, futility, the farmer's life is a constant struggle. Not just with the thorns and thistles that God had cursed Adam with, but with other 
it seems curses, rising costs, erratic weather, labor shortages, breeding failures. I expect this groaning and futility that's part of our daily life struggle was acutely known on the Defius farm. Sometimes I'm sure Ron, Bev, and all four of the sons collapsed at the end of the day after a long day's work and let out a groan like that that Paul was talking about. Maybe you still do. We hope for better. But life often seems to be futility. So wrapped up in our hope of the resurrection of the body is also another hope along with it. The hope for a new heaven and a new earth. Sometimes called as the new city Jerusalem, the holy city. Or a new Eden, a new garden. I think Bev's love for horses reflects that not everything of the first Eden was lost. That original gift given to Adam and Eve to have dominion and stewardship over God's creation, that's still part of our nature. Raising and breaking in a horse to be ridden, it's a blessing from God, but it's still now especially far from easy. But what we're doing there, and what Bev did, is restoring in part creation to be something more like what we would have experienced in Eden, although now through hard work and effort. Animals can be trained to listen and obey, but it doesn't come easy. But we can imagine that in the first garden in Eden, at the beginning, these animals, like the plants, just followed Adam's word as if it were the word of God itself that made and sustained them. Grow and they grow. Bear animals and they would bear more animals. I think Bev loved horses because in them she saw a little piece of that original heaven, that Eden. Now incomplete and dim, but still those horses are glorious creatures that God had made for both his and for our delight and pleasure. And so she took pleasure in them. The rod from the stem of Jesse, the branch that grew out of his roots, is Jesus, as we sang in the hymn. And in Jesus we see the beginnings of our ransoming out of captivity, being set free from our lonely exile. In Jesus, Satan's tyranny is broken. In Jesus, we have salvation and victory over the grave. In Jesus, who is the key of David, the doors of heaven are opened, and the path to hell is locked to us, meaning that we are led away from all suffering, pain, and sorrow, and made safe. In Jesus, the dark clouds of these gray and latter days are dispersed. I was glad to see the sun come out. Even if today we are under the long shadow of death, Jesus is putting it to flight. And in Jesus, we have the promise of a new heaven and a new earth, that Eden restored. It is as you heard Isaiah foretell, the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. Can you imagine? A leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling all together, and the little child shall lead them, who is Jesus. The cow and the bear shall graze together, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox, the nursing child shall lay by the cobra's hole, and the wean child put his hand into the viper's den. It's that little picture of Eden that Isaiah gives us that heavenly vision of the new heavens and new earth that is part of our promise in the resurrection, the promise for 
for Beth. So maybe it's not too hard to imagine what it will be like for her, for Beth. The unbridled stallion or mare would kneel on command to be ridden by her as she is resurrected and whole again, legs working. And she will go galloping on whatever animal she wants along the river of the water of life, clear as crystal. She and all creation will rejoice in the salvation of the Lamb of Jesus on his throne. And as she rides down the middle of the streets, she will see the tree of life bearing its 12 fruits and leaves for healing of the nations. There will be no more curses, no more MS, no more obstinate animals, no more land that refuses to yield its fruit. A new heaven, a new earth, Eden restored. The hope and promise of God's covenant promise to you, his people, is the resurrection of the body and heaven. But that heaven is quite particular for you and for Bev. It's full of life, physical life, abundantly furnished and supplied by God. It is true that the clear biblical promise is that the present earth, which is suffering God's judgment and is wasting away, will be restored on the last day to its original state, even as Bev and all God's people will have their bodies restored in the resurrection so that they will be like Christ's own glorious resurrection body. Philippians 3. It's hard to imagine. And while the scriptures give you such beautiful glimpses of the age to come, the fullness of its glory is beyond our ability to comprehend now. For eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. 1 Corinthians 2. Still, these things have now in part been revealed to you by the Spirit and through the promises of baptism, the gospel, and the sacrament. God promises, behold, I am making all things new. And what he promises, he does for you and for Bev and for all those who wait his appearing. My brothers and sisters in Christ, Gregory, Garrett, Jeffrey, Gary, Spouses, grandchildren, brothers and sisters. Jesus has given Bev rest from her labors. And we'll lay, we will lay her to rest in the hopeful expectation of the resurrection and new life when he comes again on the last day. Jesus has given Bev the mercy promised to our fathers. Jesus has remembered his holy covenant for her. Our Lord Jesus has kept all his advent promises for Bev. In his holy name, amen. Our Savior Jesus Christ has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Let us remember with thanksgiving what God has done through his servant, Beverly Depius. Beverly was given life by her creator and was born at home on January 31st, 1947, the daughter of parents Earl and Lorraine Belking. She received the gift of holy baptism and became a child of God on February 16, 1947. On March 26, 1961, she publicly confessed her faith and was confirmed at Trinity Freistadt. She regularly received the gracious gift of the Lord's life-giving body and blood in the Holy Supper. On September 1, 1968, she received the gift of a beloved companion in her husband Ronald.
She was blessed with the gift of children, Gregory, Gary, Garrett, Jeffrey, grandchildren, and brothers and sisters. God blessed Beverly's life with many special people as she served God in her vocations at home, church, work, and in the community. Finally, on December 12, 2022, God blessed Beverly with a holy death and took her home to rest in the arms of Jesus to await the resurrection of the dead. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We give thanks to God our Father, through Jesus Christ our Lord, for our sister, Beverly. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.